Niche, niche, niche. They're super important, right? Or are they? You need to have them nailed down. You need to be super specific. That's what people say anyway. Is it true? What happens if you want to change your niche? Or if you want to completely change the direction of your business? Let's talk it through. Welcome to Life Virtually, the podcast for online service providers who want to level up their business game and live their best virtual life. I'm Ellie, your host, coach, friend, and mentor. Join me as we explore the ins, the outs, the ups, and the downs of building a thriving online business, from tips and strategies to the latest industry trends. Let's do this. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome, welcome into our little space (laughs) where we talk all things online service business. It is insane around here right now. On my side, in my life, there is lots of things going on house-wise, exciting things. Um, The whole process really started to speed up in the last day or so, and it's just been, to be completely honest with you, hectic between balancing, you know, my own work, uh, the things that I'm doing with all of this that's going on right now. And it's exciting, of course, don't get me wrong, it's so exciting. And I can't wait to share more with you soon. Um, But yeah, it's just crazy right now. So I am so happy to sit down here with you and get stuck into today's topic. The term niche or niche. you sometimes you sometimes hear people calling it that that one gets me every single time is a pretty common one in the online service industry over the past couple of years definitely over the past couple of years it's something that's been talked about more and more people are always saying oh you need to have a super specific niche that it's the thing that's going to make you successful but is that true what happens if you're not happy with yours if you want to change it Or if you really do want to completely pivot your business, totally change the direction of it. I've been in this game a while and in my time when I was a virtual assistant, I I changed my niche. It was definitely four times. It could have been more. There could have been little smaller changes that maybe I'm not counting. And I've also got experience completely pivoting and changing the direction of my business when I went into coaching. The term niche is very commonly used. And I think sometimes in an unhelpful way, you're always hearing that you need to have a specific one, that you need to have it nailed down, that that's the thing that's stopping you. That's the thing that's holding you back. When in fact, in my experience in the industry and actually as a coach, I have noticed that actually all that talk is what's holding people back. That people think, oh, well, I need to have a super niche niche before I can be successful or before I get started, but they don't know what to choose. And so they procrastinate and just don't start. Or that people are afraid to change when really you shouldn't be ever. So today we are being joined by a fantastic guest, Ilaria Sambi. Ilaria is an automation and systems expert. She is founder of Ilaria Sambi Consulting. She helps online entrepreneurs to work less hours and sell on autopilot. The dream! (laughs) Ilaria has been in this game a long time too. And in that time, she has changed 
her niche five times at least anyway. She started out as a general VA, then changed to Instagram strategist, then changed again to become a tech VA. And then she did a complete pivot to virtual assistant coach. But after one year of that, she decided to pivot back again, but this time as a tech OBM. Ilaria has been there, done that and got the freaking (laughs) t-shirt when it comes to changing your niche, pivoting your business, pivoting back and just following her heart essentially when it comes to making those changes in your business. And we both know from our experience that all of this talk of niching can stop people in their tracks. So we got together to talk about Ilaria's experience with this and why worrying about niching isn't going to get you anywhere. Hey, Ilaria, thank you so much for joining me today. You are very welcome. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here because we've both actually been in this industry for a similar amount of time. We've been here for a few years and we've kind of crossed paths over the years in ways like I always noticed you online. Yeah, I was thinking about it today before jumping in with you. That uh, yeah, we've probably been following each other, but you know, we've been lurking on uh, what is the other person was doing for quite a while, and then I just thought, yeah, I'll just uh, contact you, and we started chatting. Like, but after yeah, after a few years, I would say. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You always feel like you kind of know somebody, even though you've not met or maybe even talked. But I'm delighted to have you here today because you've got loads of experience in this industry. You've been doing this for a long time. And throughout those years, you've um, changed your niche quite a few times. You've also pivoted your business in different ways. And I think that this is going to be great to get some insight from you about it, because I know especially about niching, there's been a lot of conversation about that over the past couple of years, hasn't there, specifically in the virtual assistant industry? Absolutely, yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, I see like VA coaches talking about niches a lot, because I found as well, like we will talk about these quite uh, quite a lot in the in the chat now, I have been a coach for VAs as well. And one of the questions that I was asked so many times was about niching, about like, do I need a niche? What do I have to do? Can I start without a niche? So I think there's so much talk about niching down in the online space that people uh, take it, like people get stuck. And uh, yeah, I definitely, we don't want that. So we, I, I really, I'm looking forward to having this chat with you because I want VAs and whoever is listening to us to understand that Stephanie, it's useful to have one, but it's definitely it shouldn't give you, it shouldn't keep you stuck. You should uh, it should just should help your marketing. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I think that um, when we started out, like there was talk about it, but it wasn't as much. And as you said, oh, yeah. no. it can make people get stuck in the ways that it's like, um, I don't know what to choose. And if I don't know what to choose, then maybe I just won't start. And it stops people from actually starting because they're like, what do I choose? I've seen other people then who have chosen a niche and they've come to me and been like, I don't know if it's working though. I'd actually rather not have one, um, especially not this specific, but that's what I was told to do. So I'd love to know from your experience, when you started out as a virtual assistant a few years ago, did you have a specific niche when you started? 
The answer is no, absolutely. So <laughs> I really started and it took me, so I did that mistake. I absolutely delayed me starting my virtual assistant business because I didn't have a niche. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, like uh, a lot of other virtual assistants, I was reading a lot, taking advice from different places and people had different views about this niching down. Yeah. But like the general message was that you needed to have a niche and I had no clue. So I, my background is science. Mm -hmm. So whatever I chose, it had to be something quite different from what I was doing before. So it's nothing related to social media, no admin involved. So like, uh, I really struggled. Until one day, I think I, I just decided, right, I just, I need to start this. I need to start it with whatever. So I did start with being very generic. So I took many, many jobs that weren't lighting me up, but I just needed to start from somewhere. So I did, definitely I did, um, I, I took on jobs that I didn't enjoy. I took on jobs that I didn't have experience for, but, and they were paying also quite low. But I don't regret one bit because at least I started when I did and I experimented a few things and I was able to tell myself that I didn't enjoy things. So I think I've, I found it, this experimented, I found it really useful to understand what I did not enjoy. I, for example, I took on a job that was uh, a lot of admin based, was a data entry and I thought I would enjoy that and I definitely didn't. <laughs> I, it was so boring. And that, uh, put me off a bit, like the admin part. So I realized I wanted to do something a bit more varied. That one was like really copy and paste and I definitely didn't want to do it anymore. It was just so boring. <laughs> um, so it was definitely helpful. I agree with you. I think that there's an awful lot of talk now about you need to niche and people are trying to find this super, super specific nichiest niche possible starting out. But that can hold you back in a way that you don't get to experience those other things like you got to experience things that you really didn't like. And I mean, I did as well at the start. Um, mm -hmm. And once you experience those things, you figure out what you do like and what you don't like. And it actually helps you to niche down further. I was a little bit different, actually, because I did start out with a niche. Um, yeah. I came from a legal background. I love it. We all come from really different backgrounds in this industry, don't we? It's so, <laughs> it's so interesting. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just use my experience there and that's what I'll do. I'll be a legal VA. But I didn't like it. Um, I liked my mm -hmm. job when I was in the industry, but when I was doing it, I just didn't like it. And I got a couple of clients who um, gave me a lot more generic stuff, as you would say. I could be doing anything for them, actually. It was really general. And so I got rid of my niche and went and yeah. generalized. And I think that really helped helped me out to get the experience and know what I wanted for sure. But um, after that, you niched, like changed your niche, like probably five times or more. <laughs> Yeah, probably more. It depends on what you mean with niche, because I've done, you know, variation of the same niche and like, but I've really experimented a lot. I wanted to, if you let me, I wanted to say something about what you just said. Yeah. I think that's the kind of mistake that a lot of people do, like thinking that because you spent so much of your time, your education, your studying in one niche, so you were in, in, in that specific industry. I was in science at the beginning. I thought that I needed to find 
work with scientists or find my niche had to have something to do with science because otherwise I would have wasted the the last 15 years of my life between my university and um, obviously I couldn't find anything related to that so I had to pick something completely different but now I barely think about that so like I don't people shouldn't see that they have to pick a niche because that's what they used to, or that's what they have a lot of experience. So if it doesn't, for first, I think people forget that they need, they need to find the niche in which people are investing money. So sometimes they stick to what they know, but then maybe that industry hasn't got like really a lot of time for like, I don't know, like a, a social media manager as a VA or like, so you really need to think about what your experience is, but also what brings money because you don't want to struggle. You don't want to just target people who are not going to invest in you, who are going to pay you a low fee. So I think that that's often forgotten. I mean, definitely like your passion and your interests are super important, but the financial side is also And Oh no, of course, really. And actually that's really good point is that some of the industries that we may have come from as well may not have the awareness about the online service industry they might not even know what it is they might not even know that they need it like I was actually talking to somebody the other day who came from a childcare background and so when she started out that's kind of what she niched down to as in she worked with childcare professionals that she could help them with this, that, or the other as a VA or OBM. And like for us, we can see it because we've got um, experience from both sides. So we can see they, I know they need my help. They need my help with this, that, and the other. But as she said, it didn't work out for her. She changed because the industry didn't have the awareness about a VA OBM and what, how they could help them. And so she changed and as we were saying there, it's it's okay to change. Like you can change your niche and you have done it so many times. I did as well, to be honest with you. I think we were trial and error and figuring out what we wanted, but hey, we're still here. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing it. Yeah, the only thing that we, I, I don't feel at all that I wasted time. I needed no. to be, to do this process to understand what I liked. And uh, especially for me, um changing to tech was i i find that this is common as well when there's something that you're so passionate about Mm -hmm. you also have got a lot of fear of failing so if i failed at the as a general admin va it wouldn't have been so bad because that's not really my passion same thing if i was like a graphic designer i don't know va social media but tech because that was really close to my heart i for the for a long time I wasn't going into the tech direction. And then I figured out maybe it was for that because at that point I would have felt the pressure of being really good because that's what I loved. And if I wasn't good, that would have been disappointing. Kind of so a fear, I, yeah, of like, I I love this, I'm passionate about it, but what if it doesn't work? I'd be, you know, so yeah. disappointed. But there's a flip side to that because I know mm-hmm. you did eventually actually go that way with, with your passion. Yeah, yeah. And the flip side to that is, when you are super passionate about something like really passionate about it and then you niche down to it it that comes across in all your marketing and all the work that you do people can see your passion they can see how excited you are about it and that only benefits your business absolutely absolutely i think there's a lot of uh, mindset work to do around all these like the confidence about going to a certain direction Mm. and to 
niching down sometimes could be uh, like the fact that people don't niche down or do like it's about confidence because like saying I am an expert scares people saying I only do tech I am specialized in this because you're like what if people ask me a question and I don't know how to answer I'm telling everybody that I'm the expert but I'm not and obviously when we start out we're not experts in anything we are like really testing the waters and I even though like I had a passion for tech I was you know I'm always I've always been the one uh with my family who's fixed problems with mobile phones but like that wasn't really helping me it's like so I just had the like I was intuitive with techie stuff but I didn't know anything about what platforms people were using online so I had to learn everything but sometimes you just need to really jump in and kind of act confident before you really are so and I I always tell when I was a a VA coach I always say with this I don't mean that you need to lie about your expertise No. no never do that absolutely it doesn't mean like I'm telling my client that I know how to do something when I don't but you need to uh like share this passion and let people understand that you will do your best like you will you want to learn you are really passionate about what you're doing you got a skill that you want to develop and sometimes we think that people want like the perfect answer the expert in everything but people don't just people as soon as long as you know a little bit about a little bit more than your client then that's enough you don't need to be like the genius, the Nobel Prize yeah, and- winner and all that. Oh, I completely agree with you. And you're right. Like the the title, you know, calling yourself an expert does scare people. But at the end of the day, we are all human. All of us. We can't know yeah. everything. We don't have Google in our heads. We don't have, you know, like we, yeah. we learn as we go. And I was, um, yeah, you have to act confident and go out there. When I worked in the legal industry, actually, I did something for one of the solicitors, one of the lawyers, and I figured it out myself, right? I've always been good at that. And I think that's a really good trait for somebody in this industry. But I remember the solicitor said to me, um, how, how did you like learn to do that? Like, how did you figure that out? And I said, I Googled it. I like figured out what you're supposed to do. And she said, don't tell anybody this <laughs> all solicitors do that um yeah like oh, we we all google it you know that's yeah, just what yeah. we do and here I am saying it on the podcast but it's true it's like we can't hold all that information in our heads at all times you're gonna have to do a bit of research and you know yeah. if you are passionate about it and you know enough and about your client as you said you know you can call yourself an expert but you mm-hmm. you're human you're gonna have to do research from time to time and learn a new platform you don't have to know everything Absolutely, yeah. I think like Google is the best kept secret of uh, all. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's important as well, like knowing how to Google things, like not everybody, because like otherwise we we won't have a job as a service provider because like anybody can Google, but some people, some clients don't really know how and where to find information. I wanted to tell this story actually that just happened last week and I think it will help someone. So now I'm an OBM, I've got OBM clients, so people who pay a lot of money for my expertise the other week i had to sort something in the back end for my client he's got a big business he sells courses he's got loads going on launches i changed something in the back end that put his website down okay for six hours so that was my fault (laughs) i felt absolutely horrible obviously but 
at least I was there. Uh, thank God it was a Friday. So like I worked actually until quite late at night to fix it. So I fixed it straight away, just that, you know, that things take a while to propagate like behind the scenes in the back end. So that's just to tell you that even if I, that, that kind of could have knocked my confidence, but I know that I'm a human, like we're saying, yeah. like things could go wrong as long as you are there to fix it, that you are there to apologize if you make a mistake. Like my client yeah. is the, absolutely understanding that if she did that she she wouldn't have known how to fix it at least i knew how to fix it so it was fixed and then it was it was it wasn't a problem so like don't be afraid to say you are an expert if you if you don't know really 100% everything that you're doing if sometimes you're trying things out if sometimes you are messing up it happens and it's okay no, it happens to absolutely all of us, for sure. All of us that it doesn't matter. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. It doesn't matter how experienced you actually are. Like, you're just going to make mistakes. And as you said, as long as you're there to say, um, oh, crap, <laughs> I'm after doing yeah. this. Um, don't worry, I'm on it. I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm working on it. It's okay. But yeah, so yeah. you have changed your niche quite a few times when well, you did. Um, in the in the beginning before you ended up where you are now how did you find doing that like when you were changing your niche was there anything specific you thought about when you were doing it um did you find that it was hard to do on social media or let me know what your experience was yeah I find, well, a few times, because I did it, yeah, I did change a lot of times. A couple of times, I, I distinctly remember, like, a breakthrough that I had. Maybe sometimes it was by talking with someone or, like, looking at someone else, uh, like maybe a competitor or somebody doing something online and thinking, oh, wow, I would love to do that. Um, that was the case in, uh, like, actually, my pivoting back to OBM, I was following this, OBM was now, like, a good um, collaborator of mine, and I absolutely loved what she was doing, and that made me feel like, oh, I would really love to do what she's doing, so, like, that, I just, you know, you see stuff like that, or you talk to people, they tell you, oh, you're very good at this, yeah. so that just makes you think, like, oh, no, maybe I should consider it and then you start thinking it obviously there's there's always going to be that resistance especially if you already started with one niche and you want to change to something completely different it takes time it yeah. takes time it takes like rearranging all your you know content pillar anything and it might feel a bit overwhelming but sometimes we think that we need again that we that everything needs to be perfect right so you net you need to completely redo, redo your website your sales page pages but it's not like in the end of the day as long as you could even like turn around today and say oh by the way it changed mine tonight I thought about it and I want to be like a graphic designer you could do anything and really you could put out an offer and say okay this is my stripe link do you want these these are the things yeah. that I do do you want to pay sometimes we really overcomplicate things because we need because we want to obviously look good look professional and that was obviously, yeah, like a bit of resistance for the amount of time that was going to take me to redo everything, rethink everything. Uh, also, you feel like you can't because you invested so much money, so much time. <laughs> and it's a bit of a waste. So like I, to be honest, when I was a coach and I moved back to OBM, this was like the last time I, I pivoted was uh, June of last year. That took longer because in that case, I really invested, like, really, it was completely It was a big pivot, really yeah. It was quite a big pivot, yeah. yeah. 
different ideal client, like systems, uh, yeah, everything. So I took it slowly. So it was really gradual. So I kept serving my clients while I was spreading the word that I was doing something new. So in that case, it was helpful because like, it's obvious that your income is going to take a dip. If you really decide to switch completely, yeah. you need to get people used to your new niche. You need to find new clients, especially if the ideal client is completely different. So you have to consider these things. Um, but the alternative is to keep going towards a route that is not really aligned with you. That's what I felt. I like think every time I, I change niches because I felt there was something that wasn't really aligned, yeah. but I couldn't put my finger on it. So then talking to people and just, you know, opening up with my coaches and my, my business friends, things started to come out. And um, yeah, so I think that's, that's a summary a bit of what, what, what it, it was took. like. Yeah. It's not it's never, it's never easy. It's never easy. It takes a lot of thoughts, a lot of time. Yeah, there's a lot involved. Like I know, for example, like when I first changed my niche, uh, when I was a virtual assistant in the beginning from legal to general, I mean, the transition was fine. But as you say, there is like lots of little things in the background. Like I had to go into my website, social media, all those things and take away legal. Legal wasn't there anymore. You know, take all that away, change my content. Most of my connections at the time were legal. So I had to kind of go out there and connect with different people. But sometimes changing between niche, there's not too much involved as you said you can go out there with an offer and people will just be like it's it's more about what you're saying than having everything yeah. perfect but as you touched oh, on yeah. there when you make a big pivot in your business there is a lot more involved and I know that from experience too so you did pivot into virtual assistant coaching after a few years yeah. um tell us yeah. a little bit about that so that was actually, um, to, we go back and talk about confidence because at that point, so I reached the point in my VA business, tech VA business, where I was fully booked, but I was still charging, yeah, like let's say mid, mid uh, hourly rate, like not too low, not too high, but I was like taking on a lot of clients to, uh, to reach like my ideal income. So I felt like I was working all the time. I really didn't give myself time to set up, you know, like my systems and like, you know, raise prices. So I, I think I panicked a little bit. I was like, oh, this cannot be it. Like I left my nine to five. I'm working like 12 <laughs> hours a day. This is stressful. So what are the alternatives? And one of, so for me, like I only saw the alternatives of do, going towards coaching going towards OBM route. The OBM route, at that point, really, I wasn't confident at all to call myself an OBM. I, f I felt I was like so out of my depth and I wouldn't have gone it. I wouldn't have done it at that point at all. Um, I didn't see really any other opportunities. I didn't think about raising my prices, but I had this thing that I really wanted to help more people live in their nine to five because I felt stuck for 10 years. Yeah. So I really wanted to also help other women. And unfortunately, I'm not, I'm a very black or white person. I cannot do a few things at the same time. So I was like, right, if I take this, this decision, I need to go fully in. So I resigned from all my clients. I gave them like a month notice or a bit more. And I decided if I'm trying coaching, I need to try like fully and be a coach. Um, at the beginning, it was actually easy because... A lot of virtual assistants followed me from the beginning and they saw my transformation going from like not knowing what I was doing, changing niches, finding clients, getting fully booked. 
so they saw my my experience and my transformation so i could find a few um va clients like um coaching clients quite easily but then um basically like i wish that somebody told me that was a completely different beast like not only like finding clients was completely different because it was um i find it a lot like marketing involved yeah. about talking about the emotions involved in like the transformation that i was providing um i i thought i would enjoy certain things like being on calls a lot i i i'm, I'm quite introvert but also i i love people i love meeting new people i love helping mm -hmm. people but then the life like everyday life as a coach was not really was too much like the one-to-one -one, like calls were too much for an introvert like me i remember like ending up usually i have i had calls on a tuesday i tried to uh have them all uh, on the same day but I, at the end of the tuesday i was always drained for the talking for the like you know it's just it's not ideal for an introvert so i started really like not enjoying what yeah. i was doing I wish there was a way, like a midway or something, like you know, coaching people just by emails. <laughs> <laughs> just emails, that'll do. But you know what? I think that yeah. is super interesting because I've seen a lot, and I'm sure you have too, especially over the last two years. Um, it uh -huh. seems to be this thing where most virtual assistants are now going down the coaching route and even if they yeah. don't go fully into it they're just offering um like power hours or calls or you know that that type of thing co uh, courses to help you get started and I found it funny because like when we started out there wasn't that many like coaches in the industry yeah. sure there wasn't like specific and so um you know, when we grew and I knew coaching was something I always wanted to do and I do love it. But as you said, it is a different beast. Like it is completely different to running your online service business. And I just find it interesting that most people seem to think that, do they think that that's the only route forward? Possibly, or this is the easiest, definitely. So they probably are like, because I, I, I'm guilty. I keep, I, I'm telling everyone, like I'm guilty of thinking that I could make more money with less effort. That's what I thought. And that's what I I, I definitely had a passion for helping people mm. like launching a business. Definitely I, I had that that's important. If you don't have that, don't go, don't don't become a coach, don't become <laughs> yeah. a mentor. Because that's like you don't do it just for the money because it's not it's not easy at all. Um you need to be driven by wanting to help people. Uh, I think like a lot of coaches push uh, virtual assistants to become coaches. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. that's why I won't say names, but my coach at the time did that because I could have maybe gave myself a bit more time as a tech VA, raise my prices, go for a different route and get confident as an yeah. OBM. But she really, now that I think about it, she really pushed me towards the coaching route. And a suggestion I would give to people is that if you have a coach who, and like you know, if you're thinking about the transition and you have a coach, just make sure that this coach that helps you add experience as a service provider because the one I had just uh, didn't. And um, yeah, she pushed me towards the route, but like she didn't have an idea of what it took to go from service provider to a coach. So what we're saying now, it's a completely different game. You need to you really need to change everything. It's not just changing what you do and tell people, right, from today I'm helping VAs 
and then people are going to sign with you because it's, it's not, not. and you have to market yourself differently <laughs> and everything but I totally agree with what you've been saying because I think it's great now especially as the industry has grown you're seeing a lot more VAs OBMs online service providers going and investing in coaching which is great because we all need it to help us move our businesses forward but something I'm seeing time and time again and you've kind of confirmed it for me there I was wondering it is that if you go if you're an online service provider and you go to some a coach a great coach but they're they don't have any experience in the online service industry they don't know how it actually works from the inside I think that they aren't really able to help you grow because they don't know what it's like and they don't understand all the different creative ways you can grow it and so instead they go with what they know and they say to you offer calls you've you've got enough experience to offer calls or to teach people how to do this and I don't think that they're giving trying to give bad advice at least but I think that it's just that that's what they understand and so that's what they tell you to do when the truth is there is so many different ways that you can grow your business and interesting ways creative ways and coaching is not for everybody so yeah I think oh definitely I learned it the hard way, but yeah, that's definitely now. And I'm, in my case, I'm totally happy that I've tried, that yeah. I experienced it, and now I'm actually. So you know, it's a bit of a ticking boxes, uh, the, the the wrong way around. Like <laughs> I went for exclusions, like what I don't like, but like I did enjoy it a lot at the beginning. And um, I was say um, one thing that I wish I did, and I would um, like to give this advice to the listeners. Um, do some market research before like jumping straight in something. And especially there's nothing wrong if you could, if you want to, you know, contact people who did the same that you want to do. So if you know somebody who was a VA and became a coach, ask them how it is for real, because a lot of what we see online is not the reality and people just want to show you that everything is fine, but maybe it's not fine. So, like, I wish people, yeah, asked me because, like, I, I, I've been guilty of that. I'm, I'm, I, I say it. And I wasn't showing the reality of, like, actually struggling quite a lot to find clients consistently as a coach. Um, so I wish somebody told me the truth when I before I decided the, uh, the pivot. So ask them what their day-to-day is like. Ask them what they enjoy, what they not. Ask them how long it took to find like consistent clients and then after take a decision whether you really want to go to that route. I think that's actually a really important point because you can go to uh, like your coach, as you said, you know, you went to your coach and they said to you, go down the coaching route. And I mean, we shouldn't, your coach is there to advise you, to motivate you, to help you move forward, to help you work things out. But we should also be doing our own work on the on the side, as in yeah. looking into yeah. it. Like, okay, she thinks that this would be a good idea for me to do. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to speak to somebody about that. I know they've experienced with it. I'm going to see what they think before I make my decision. That's a yeah. really good point. So last year when you decided that the coaching wasn't for you anymore, that you were going to pivot your business again and go into tech, um, being a tech online business manager. How yeah. did that go for you to kind of making another pivot then? That was really exciting, actually. That was another like um, breakthrough like moment, really like a moment where because I was so into what I was doing in coaching and I kept working hard, trying to get clients and uh, at some point, I think one of my coaching client, VA coach, uh, coaching clients told me, you're amazing at tech. And this thing kept 
coming back and I was like trying to push it away from my mind because I'm like yeah whatever but I'm a coach yeah. now so you know when you are stubborn and when you take a decision you kind of want that to work out so I'm like yeah no I'm good but like whatever I'm a coach now let me do this but then that kept coming up up until one day I I realized um, I, I started thinking about being an OBM again and I'm like wait a second with all the experience that I had like being a coach, like being my ideal client as an OBM for a year or more, I could do it like with my eyes closed. Yeah. I could be an OBM because I know so much. So suddenly I was like, wow. So I felt like really relieved because I felt like at that point I had to stick with coaching because like going back to Tech VA was like impossible. It was like, oh my God, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. But like as an OBM, so like really jumping into the tech stuff but more like at a high profile level operations and strategy I was like I've got so much knowledge now that that it's something that I can do and then I I believe um I believe in like coincidence and and, uh fate you know this happened basically I I have a Fiverr account Fiverr is one of those freelancers websites so I used to use it as a tech VA and I never closed it so I left it there and sometimes I used to receive messages but I always declined This uh, girl, a project manager uh, from the US, contacted me there and um, gave me, asked me if I wanted to jump on a call. Then my profile was very interesting, profile as a tech VA. And I ignored her because I'm like, again, no, I'm a coach now. I'm not taking this stuff. And she was, she found me on Instagram and she didn't realize I was the same person as as Fiverr. So she sent me a message saying, I saw your profile looks like uh, you would be perfect for this role. So I saw that as a sign. Because I'm like, that's so strange that she found me again. So I had a call with this girl. It was uh, awesome. So she's still my client now. I absolutely adore her. And so something told me to try, to go for it. So I started working with them as an OBM tech VA. I absolutely love it. They are the best people. It's a group of people and coaches. So, and then everything started from there. So that was kind of, I felt like that was like some sign from I don't know where of somebody telling me, this is not the right thing for you. Please, please go back. Please go back to this because you're good at this. And uh, that's when everything started. Everything I, to be honest, the second time around, I don't remember it as as a hard thing. Maybe because I was, well, at that point, I had three years of experience in the online world. I knew that I didn't have to, you know, change all my website, yeah. everything. I could start step by step and just letting the people of my audience so the community that I created know that I changed. And um, yeah, it didn't feel as as bad or like as overwhelming as the first time when I went from VA to VA coach. That's brilliant. And I, I get what you mean. I, I believe everything happens for a reason too. And yes. I think in, in business, yes. we experiment a lot, you know, and I, and I think that's brilliant. Um, But as what you said there, I think it was quite brave for sure to go back and then change to tech OBM because I know what you mean when you make a big pivot in your business like look we're always taking gambles in business at the end of the day they don't always work out the way that we hope and I think that lots of people if if it who could have been in your shoes might have thought oh well this didn't work out for me I'm just done or like I can't do anything else now I've said that this is what I'm doing of course you can you can totally change and look you've done it and you're successful and you love it more importantly you really love what you're doing yeah yeah so they might be missing an opportunity because they think like also it's it's um it's always about 
sometimes we need to think about ourselves and not what the people are going to think. Yes. And I'm guilty of that as well, because like when I was, uh, I, I was thinking like, what people are going to think I failed when I didn't, I just, I'm just changing the, again. Yeah. Like I, I'm still trying to find what was the perfect like lifestyle and life for me and business. So I did feel a bit ashamed a tiny bit. So I understand if people who realize that that's the, not the route for them feel that. Uh, but you definitely, you need to think about that. Those people will forget about all this like in a month while you, if you keep doing what you don't feel really aligned with, then you, you are losing. So it's your life. So you need to do what's best for you and really, yeah, really think about it from your perspective, yeah. not what the people thinking. Forget, every, who cares? I love that. Who cares? Like, forget about them. It's about you. It's about your life. Yeah. It's about your business. So you should never be afraid to change your niche, to pivot or pivot back, like yeah. no matter what it is, because business is a big science experiment <laughs> isn't it like we are just constantly tweaking and changing and trying to figure out what's right for us so I guess yeah, yeah the biggest advice would be don't be afraid to pivot or don't be afraid to niche or don't get yourself down about niches especially if you're starting out <laughs> no, 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 definitely, definitely not. not well thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your experience Thank you. I had so much fun and uh, I really hope this is useful for uh, your listeners. And I also wanted to say, like, uh, if people want to contact me for any advice about pivoting and niching down, I feel like I'm really, I can tell I'm an expert <laughs> and niching. So at least, yeah, and I, I, I don't, I'm not afraid of saying that uh, because it really is, um, yeah, so like it can change your life if you do it right, if you listen to what you want and not anyone else, just you. Yeah, listen to yourself and do yeah. what's right for you. So what do you think? It was really brilliant to sit down with Ilaria because as I, we mentioned during our chat, we have been both in this space for a really long time. And over the years, we've kind of crossed paths. We've followed each other. We've supported one another's content, but we never actually sat down and had a proper conversation. And it was so interesting to sit down and talk to her because we've got a very similar level of experience here in this industry and we've both seen a lot of the same things. Niching is definitely talked about a lot more now than it was when we started out. Yes, back then people they did talk about it, but they weren't talking about it as being this absolutely crucial thing for the success of your business. And so we both felt very comfortable generalizing. And generalizing brought us both pretty far. Both of us were able to gain that valuable experience from doing that. Not only figuring out what we did like doing, but also what we really did not like doing. And that is just as valuable. We've both treated our businesses as science experiments in ways, and I think we should all be doing that. If you feel that you want to make a change in your business, oh my God, do it. As Alaria said, who cares what everybody else thinks? You have to do it for you. And sometimes it's only through doing that experimenting, through changing your niche, to deciding to go and do that big change, to pivot that you will find what you really love. 
And I thought it was interesting how Alaria shared her experience of making the pivot to virtual assistant coach, but then pivoting again. Because it does seem to have become a bit of a trend over, I'd say, definitely the last year and a half, where virtual assistants in particular all seem to start coaching. I always found that interesting because as a coach myself, I know that there's an awful lot of work that goes into it that people don't see. You do have to market your business in a different way, definitely. I mean, if you're someone who doesn't like showing up for your online service business as it is, if you don't like showing your face and all of that stuff, coaching is not going to be that comfortable of a fit for you. That one thing I can guarantee. But I'd actually been thinking about this a lot over the last year and a half. I had one particular um, thing that I saw where a virtual assistant who was very new to the industry, very, very, very new, um, who had come to me for advice, who was um, struggling, was really struggling, all of a sudden was calling themselves a VA coach. And at the time, I really couldn't understand it. I was like, where did this come from? This person was only in my DMs like two or three weeks ago. And I did wonder if it was coming from coaches, coaches who don't have experience in this industry and who are telling people that this is what you do next. This is how you grow your business. And Alaria confirmed that for me today. So that's probably what happened with that person that time. A coach probably told them to do it. There are so many different ways that you can grow your business. It doesn't always have to be about going into coaching. I myself, as an, a virtual business coach, an online business coach, someone who works with OSPs in all shapes and forms, I know that firsthand because I know this industry. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And as myself and Alaria were saying there, no matter what your coach tells you that you should do, it is really important to check it out for yourself first, though, because as Alaria said, she wishes she did that, but she's happy for the experience. At the end of the day, business is like a science experiment. We're all just trying things out and seeing what suits us, what doesn't, what directions we want to go in. We're all creating something that we love. And come on, you can't do that unless you... Try out some things you don't first. Anyway, if you have been worrying about niching, please do not let that hold you back. Generalizing will get you far and it will also help you to figure out what you do and do not want to do. And if you're thinking about making a pivot in your business, a big change, totally changing direction, just remember there is a bit involved, especially when it comes to kind of communicating it with your audience and all the rest. But it is totally achievable. We've both done it. You can do it. Don't let all the small things hold you back, especially if this is something that you really want to do. If this is a direction that you're really, really excited about. Always go with your gut and go with what's important for you. I think that's the most important lesson to learn. Thank you for joining me for today's episode and Ilaria for today's episode. If you want to connect with her, get in touch with her, you will find her details in the show notes. Next week, we are going to be talking about something that's in my world a lot right now, especially as I'm working with the women on the mini mind. And that is the blurred lines, the boundaries, the boundary pushing and keeping in place with your clients. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Virtually. I hope you found the information valuable and that you picked up some tips and tricks along the way. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never, ever miss an episode. And if you did enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review. Your support means the absolute world to me and it helps others to find the podcast. If you're looking for more information on starting, growing or evolving your online service business, head over to ruluvirtual.com. There you'll find a variety of resources and services to help you take your business to the next level. Until next time.